You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dear friends, we are so sorry about the ads. They are a nightmare in every way, but with your donations, we can get rid of ads someday. Beautiful, Kevin. Mm, thanks, Rob. Bach and Harnick are smiling <laughs> so big right out. now. <laughs> Friends, yes, we are back with a new plea. Much like those adorable puppets from Avenue Q, we are asking for you to give us your money. <laughs> for those of you who have headed over to Patreon to throw a little money our way, we thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. Your contributions are the only budget we have for this show, and it provided us a new soundboard and better studio space, so a thank you. Thank you, and as you know, nothing is more fulfilling than talking to the legends of Broadway and hearing them share their thoughts, wisdom, and talents with all of us. However, it does cost money. And if you want to help us keep the show going, please head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Search for Behind the Curtain, and you can give as little as a dollar a month. And trust me, that dollar will help us more than you will ever know. Plus, for certain monetary donations, you will get to pick your favorite thing and have advanced knowledge of our future guests so you can ask the legends your own questions. Ooh. Or you can simply leave canned goods and an original cast recording of How Now Dow Jones outside our doors if you don't want to contribute on Patreon.com. Truth. So once again, please head over to Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com to help us out. Thanks. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Broadway Curtain, and make sure to join our Facebook page at Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. And follow us on Instagram at Broadway Curtain Podcast. Plus, you can always listen to our podcasts on Broadway World and Stitcher. Today's guest made her Broadway debut in Something More, directed by Julie Stein. How interesting is that? Directed yeah, by Julie right? Stein. And starring Barbara Cook, quickly following her debut with turns in some of our favorite cult musicals mm-hmm. like Henry Sweet Henry and Something's Afoot. Yet, while the shows she was in have closed, audiences today are quite familiar with our guest's many talents as she is immortalized on the screens and in our hearts as Hava in Norman Jewison's stunning movie adaptation of Fiddler on the roof. To tell us what it was like to work with such legends as Julie Stein, Ronnie Graham, Marilyn Allen Bergman, Alan King, Tessie O'Shea, and countless others, here is the little bird, the little Chavala herself, the Neva Small. Neva, how are you today? Oh, I'm the little bird. Yeah. I love that right? music. It's so beautiful. Still, little right? Little bird, little Chavala. Oh. And you're always going to be that forever and ever. How oh. great is that? It's so wonderful to be immortalized. Right? <laughs> Well, you know, I had great stage parents. And when I got Fiddler on the Roof, they told me... First of all, I stayed up 
like a couple of nights, my father found me awake, and he goes, "What's wrong with you?" I said, "I don't know why I got the movie." <laughs> I got it. And anyway, so he we, he got me over that. But they told me it's going to be your calling card forever, and it's true. It has been. And oh. do you enjoy that? Do you oh, en- I love it. Yeah. Some I people try to it. distance themselves from their calling card, yeah. but you you are... Oh, no, I love it. And I have a service project. I call it my service project. Any sisterhood... Any sisterhood, please edit that. Yeah. Any sisterhood that's doing anything, any Hebrew school that's doing Fiddler, I'm there. I have my edutainment, and I go back <laughs> with my PowerPoint into Shalom Alechem and Mark Chagall. Oh, wow. and, and, you know, the, the people with the pencil and Boris Aronson. And, oh, yes. You know, how Set they're designer. related and the Belarus European That's roots incredible. and all the way up to our travels doing the premieres all around the world. Yeah, I call it my service project. And I will be going to Tucson. Arizona to do it at the Tucson JCC, where my daughter, Barbara, is the arts and culture director. So as part of her arts and culture for the community there. And of course, JCCs have, you know, not only Jewish members uh, for the community there. I'll be doing the edutainment. Behind the curtain, I could call it. Yes. A daughter speaks. I call it a daughter speaks. I love That's that. That's so wonderful. Oh. So let's. We're going to start at the beginning. Now you said you had very encouraging parents. Is that correct? Yes, I had very encouraging parents, and I grew up in New York City. Whereabouts in New York? I grew up in Darling Central Park. Oh. West. Okay. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, my husband always on. says you married someone from Brooklyn, but Brooklyn today is right. Hot. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Um, my mother was a harpist. My mother, Burma, graduated in the first class of harpists hmm. from Juilliard, wow. 1938. My mother's background was Newark, much like Philip Roth. She's a, be a oh. bit younger than Philip Roth, but that kind of Jewish community. My grandparents had a pretty famous bakery there an Austrian bakery. When I tell people the name of the bakery, they go, oh, yeah, you know, certain generation. Yeah. And then my grandparents had a children's store, and apparently Vivian Blaine's mother would bring Vivian Blaine in. Miss Adelaide's coming and, in. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess my grandmother, who was quite theatrical, she was pushing my mother. But anyway, my mother was a behind-the-scenes <laughs> kind of person. She was a harpist. She graduated in the 1938 class uh, studying with Granjonet, who people who know that world, the classical world. And my mother played in an all-girl orchestra, kind of like the Phil Spitalmy oh Sugar. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Sugar should, Orchestra. Uh, Neva and I just did a concert of Sugar together. Right. And she was our symphony Sue, our sweet Sue. She was amazing. And I she saw was, it. Uh, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> incredible. Um, but, yeah, so, but an all-female band. So, so your, mother, your mother was part of an all-female yes. band. Wow. And she was at the Waldorf. Yeah, she played at the Waldorf. Oh, wow. That's right. But my father has an equally interesting background. My father was much older when he got married to my mother. There was like 24 years between them. Oh, wow. And my father was, you know, quite the man about town, and she says she collected a lot of keys. He lived in the Beaux-Arts, which is still there near the U.N., Um, And he went on a cruise at one point, and on this cruise was Lenny and his dad, Sam, 
Lenny Bernstein and Sam Bernstein. Uh-huh. And he was about, I'd say, about 15 years younger than my father. So, of course, my father was living in New York, you know, an East Side bachelor, and Lenny was already interested in everything, the yeah. arts and talented. So they sent him to stay with my father. And my father got tickets, and my father rented a piano for him while he was here. And then one day they were driving, and my father was asked by Lenny to please stop. They were listening to a piece on the radio at the Newark, of all places, where my mother was raised, library. And um, so they did. Lenny went in and studied the piece. He came back to my father's rented piano. He played the piece from beginning to end. And my father said, well, if you knew it, why did you make me stop at the library? And he said, no, I didn't know it. I went in and studied it. That's just... And fast forward to, well, sometimes it's not always, you know, how you perform at the audition, somewhat what you know. So when I auditioned for the mass, of course, he had a soft spot for me because he was best man when my parents got married. And he even came to a couple of school events. He was very, very good to them. Very. He was very good to us. Yeah. Uh, and so anyway, I was in that. But when my mother first started dating my father, the musician, my mother, yeah. all she ever heard about was Lenny, Lenny, Lenny. And I was like, please. <laughs> and I was right around the time he was the assistant conductor. Mm-hmm. That's really Doing cool. Children's concerts, all of that, yeah. How did you fall in love with the arts then? Well, you know, it's a funny thing. It all goes back to the extracurriculars that, you know, we recommend for not too many for, for kids and and I was doing an after-school program because my parents both worked and it was a good place to park me. And I started singing in the after-school program. Mm. And Was it a public school? This to? was an after-school, oh. so it was in Richmond. And I did a Saturday program where my parents, downtown, where my parents were working, and that was with the, Mr. Polanski. I don't know. And then I started with Charlie Lowe. All of these people were... You know, had were quite well known yeah. then, and had a lot of the kid actors. And then I played the Laka Machine in the Hebrew School production. <laughs> and I was wrapped up in silver foil. You were the actual Laka Machine. I was the Laka mm-hmm. Machine. Well yes. Done. Well done. Uh huh. And then I was in the Jewish Theater for Children, and I used to get out of going to Hebrew School, which I really liked. Score to go to yes. re- to go to rehearsal, and Don Scardino. I was his understudy. That's how I was still flat-chested then. Yes, he was also in the Jewish Theater for Children. Yeah, so that goes way, way back. And then... Yes, the same. Okay. We had Don as a guest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, our Don Scardino? I I bet he didn't talk about, you know, his his, uh, leading role in the I'm sure he would have enjoyed it if we did, though. Yeah. I see him. That was in the days of, like, live television, and I did, like, a Sholem Aleichem visit. I was one of the young actors on it at that time. It was on NBC. Yeah, that was, you know, that was before you put auditions on video. Right. You'd go, I did, I used to get a lot more jobs when I didn't have to put it on video, to tell you the truth. Do you remember your first Broadway show that you saw? Uh Uh-huh. The same grandmother. It was The Sound of Music. Oh. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Not, that grandmother, she was really quite something. Because she got tickets to, it's good you're sitting down, the John F. Kennedy inauguration where Marilyn Monroe sang Happy Birthday. And Wait. It was a little girl. What? She took me. Yeah. What? 
Yeah, really. You you were there for the infamous happy, happy birth- birthday. Sugar again. <laughs> to you. Yep. How incredible Yeah, she was something, that? that grandma. She was something. Yeah. Yeah. Inspired you in many, many ways. Oh, that's really that's really special. She had a lot more chutzpah yeah. than yes. my oh, mother yeah. or me. Yeah. Well, now, when you told your family that this was something that you wanted to pursue as a profession, how did they feel about this? I, I guess I never really told them because <laughs> as a kid, I growing up in New York City, you know, if I if I had been somewhere else, then I would have been doing the school musical. But growing up in New York City, I used to take the bus down Central Park West to go be in Hansel and Gretel at the church in the village, and the set fell down, and that was my first foray into <laughs> improvisation. How to cover that? You were a kid. You were a yeah, kid a doing kid. all this. Yeah, you know, you were just kid. constantly used performing. To take the number ten bus all the way down. Uh-huh. But and then from there, I did do um, the New York City Opera. As a, as a child, I played Beverly Sills' daughter, oh. if you can imagine, in the ballad of Baby Doe. Oh. And it, why is there no school today? Mommy, what's happened? It's amazing how you still remember all the music. I yes. Could, I could yeah. sing you more of it. But what's it's it like okay. to be on stage with Beverly Sills? Oh, she was great. Yeah. She was so wonderful. I remember backstage, she said, Hold on to those pipes, kid. Oh, my, uh-huh. from Beverly Sills. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, she's a real person. Well, remember, she had started as a child. Yeah. And she was on the Ted Mack. Amateur Hour, okay, and all those times she auditioned for the City Opera. Yeah, so she was a real person, right? Yeah. So you were really and cut. Pat Brooks too also oh, took yeah. over Ted Mann's wife, and I later worked for Ted Mann oh, yeah. in the musical version of the Member of the Wedding. Yeah. Oh my goodness! That... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, we're going to no, say no, 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 no. It's fine. I lost it. Oh, fantastic! Oh, oh that's, it happens. No. It It'll happens. come back. It happens. College. Yes. Where was college for you? So I went first to LaGuardia. LaGuardia Music and Art. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, Janice Ian was there somewhere, and I guess a couple of other. And all through school, all through the public school, if I needed to get out for a Wednesday matinee, the schools were very cooperative, right. and I right. did, including at Music and Art. And the first place I got into was actually Juilliard Drama School. Mm. But first I got the movie of Fiddler on the Roof, so I had to take a year off from high school. So you were like, what, 17? Yeah, so I turned 18 while I was making it. So I was gotcha. still considered a minor, yeah. had to go before the judge, promise I'd finish high school. And I had to meet with John Houseman to defer my admission from Juilliard. Yeah. And then I, I did go back to Juilliard. I was in Mandy Patinkin's class at Juilliard. Mm. And... I left that class because I wasn't used to not being able to audition. And of course, you weren't, being, you weren't allowed to audition. And from there, I went to, very early on, the new NYU Gallatin division was just starting, where you kind of create your own program. And so I went there. It took me a long time to finish college, because I always went part-time, because I was always around New York. I would do voiceovers. I, I went to Burger King Bear. Take me home for Christmas. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I did lots of that stuff and, you know, other kinds of voices and voiceovers. When did you audition for Something More, or how did Something More come into your life? And how old were you? Yeah, how how old were you? I I guess I was about, I must have been about 10 or something like that. So you were like... Yeah, a child Ten. actor. Yeah, you equity ag- card at like... Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I'm an honorary equity card. I don't pay dues anymore. Wait. They Yeah, after a while. Really? Yeah. That's lovely. See, hang in there. Yeah. <laughs> See that? That's what you get out Your of it. Your dreams come true. And then Nick Wyman, who I had studied with, with Wynn Hanman. Yeah. He was the president for a while, oh, up yeah. until recently. Oh, yeah. So I guess 
I got invited to the 100th That's of crazy. Equity. I have my little button. And my neighbor is Bernice Massey, actually. So I saved her some buttons and things. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. That's so cool. So you were yeah. about 10 years old yes, for something more. Yes, I was 10 more. for something more. And I came home one day to my, my parents, who were so grounded, and I said, you know the director, Julie Stein, he asked me, what do you think we should do in this moment? What do you think about that, Mommy? She goes, the director asked you? Mm. I go, uh-huh. Shortly after Joe Layton came in. Yeah. <laughs> the, the advice of a 10-year-old, well, right. but so good yeah. might not have been But it was, That was a lot of fun because you had JoJo Smith, Paula Kelly, of course the Bergmans, who yeah. always, you know, always remembered me, and of course I always remembered them. And Barbara Cook was the was the lead of that. That's this? right, Vivica Linford, and later I played opposite her son uh-huh. in an off Broadway play, which kind of led to the the musical of Fiddler on the Roof's audition because oh. it was the the New York once again, you know, connections. The New York casting director mm-hmm. was the director of the play. Mm-hmm with Chris Tabori, who's Vivica Linford's son. And he's gone on to direct oh, yeah. and film yeah. and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so th- I guess that was it. I guess that. Wait, I have to sing the song. I got nothing to do, ma. Got nothing to do. I got no one to play with. So how can I play? You see, you always remember the songs. Oh that, was from some, that was from Something More? Yeah. Okay. I, I could sing a lot of other songs, but that was the kid's song. We just oh, yeah. Something More. How cool Thank is that? Thank you. <laughs> When you were in New York, I mean, you were, I feel that you're so lucky to have grown up in the most exciting city on earth. I mean, everywhere around you is museums and opera and the best in theater. Were there any artistic influences on you while you were growing up? I mean, were there any, was there an actor you saw on a Broadway show that made you go, oh, I want to be just like that, or a ballet performance or an opera performance that really sticks out in your mind as inspirational? Yes. Well, remember, my parents were sophisticated. And, you know, my mother, the harpist, and my father, Lenny's, you know, host and close friend of the dad. So there was a lot of exposure to the arts. And But as far as a performance that I saw, and I think it was a Monday, and I think we were off from the impossible years with Alan King. Right. And, you know, later he, he was replaced by Ed McMahon. It, but that performance was on a clear day, you can see forever. And it was Barbara Harris. Yeah. It wasn't her best night, because it was the night she stopped. I think it was the night after the Tonys. Okay. She stopped singing. What, what, what and they like, had, they had to bring down the curtain, and Larry Blyden came out and explained. And then they started the whole show over again with Carmen Alvarez. What? Wow. Yeah. And you were there for that. Uh-huh. But I love Barbara Harrison. I love, well, love the special. apple tree, Sheldon Harnick, yeah. Bach and Harnick, Jerry Bach. Of course. I sang at their his birthday, Jerry yeah. Bach's birthday. Mm. It was so nice at the Players Club. Yeah. And I love in my edutainment about Fiddler, I talk about the influence. There's an interview with the Jewish Daily Forward with Bach, and he said, you know, we had our grandmother living with us. She was a Yiddish speaker in the end of her life, and the melodies would come out of her mm. to put me to sleep. And when I was writing the score of Fiddler, mm-hmm. that's what I was inspired by. It just came out mm. of me, that influence. Wow. Oh, yeah. 
That's very yeah. exciting. Oh, yeah. Let's move to the impossible years, if we may. Sure. Uh, what was the impossible years? Oh, the impossible years was a comedy written by Groucho's son, Arthur Marks. Mm-hmm. And Arthur Marks is a wonderful man. And I, he was a pen pal of mine. I mean, for to be a pen pal with a kid when he went back to California was pretty nice. Yeah. Um, and he was a ranked tennis player. And, of course, Bert Convy was the leading man in right. that, went on to wonderful musicals. And I used to babysit for Bert Convy and his wife and kids because they also lived on Central Park West, not too far. And where are you going to get a babysitter to start at 11 o'clock? But Perfect. I wasn't experienced. <laughs> so I had to call my parents. Think, what do we experienced do on Broadway, but not as babysitter, <laughs> yeah. yes. And then I babysat for another family who lived there at the time, the Eisenbergs. Oh. Manny Eisenberg. Oh. Same thing, right? I'd start late. Yeah. And then, um, but I would uh, babysit for them. And apparently when the impossible years opened and Mrs. Eisenberg sat there, she goes, oh, my God, that's my babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like working with Alan King, the great Alan King? Or- he was a perfectionist. And not the warmest, fuzziest guy, but to... A preteen, which I was at that time, he was very nice, always very professional, very nice. Not as warm and fuzzy as like when Bruce Morrow came in for a, a cameo, <laughs> or Ed McMahon, yeah. warm and fuzzy, or the the one who was most fond of me, Sam Levine. Oh, uh, we were just His talking name about just him. came up with uh, Tony with Robbins. I figured because I was going to yeah. say because he was in Tony's book quite a bit. And yeah. Louis Stadlin had a long. Uh, talk about um, oh, Sam, Sam, Levine. Sam Levine. What was it about Sam Levine that was so wonderful? Well, other than his performance of Sue Me, which I, I listened to, um, I listened to Nathan Lane's performance the other day, <laughs> and it made me think of Sam. And I became friendly with Sam's son. He has one son, Joe Joseph Levine. Um, he and all those all those films he did. He was really, I could see why Tony Roberts would have written about him so much in the the book that I read that Tony wrote, because he was really an actor's actor. He really was. You know, he lived at the St. Moritz, and if he liked you, he really liked you, and if he didn't like you, forget it. Because one day I came in with the other actress who played the other daughter, and we were both late, and he really gave it to the other actress. And, you know, I was still a kid, but I piped up. Mr. Levine, I was late too. And it was like, I didn't get any scolding. The other actress had took it all. and But once I was meeting him for dinner and I was 20 minutes late at the St. Moritz, he was done with dinner by then because he was on a schedule. He was disciplined. The, he ate at a certain time. You know, he's a very, very serious, very serious guy. So um, I first got to see Neva perform when Feinstein's 54 Below did Henry, Sweet Henry, (laughs) in concert. Um, First of all, it was so great to revisit the piece because the score really is fun and wonderful. Um, But you were in the original production. That's right. So how did that come into your... Well, here's where we have to make a special highlight for Bob Merrill. Love a special highlight. For him, because I feel he's really under-recognized... I, I we were just having so this conversation yesterday, how unrecognized Bob Merrill is and how he is not given the, the due that he deserves. In so many different ways, you know, he was he was a beautiful. He could write a heartbreaking melody, 
and beautiful lyrics. And he wrote beautiful, beautiful artwork that I don't think people think of his name today. No. The way that the way that we think of Frank Lesser, the way that we think of you know Jerry Herman, Fred know. Ebb, Stephen Sondheim. Oh, yes. But look, I mean, well, should we name some of these other musicals that Bob Merrill did? We have yes. we have Funny Girl, we have Sugar, where he just wrote, we, yeah. We have Pretty Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, we have and we'll be coming up pretty soon for you, The Prince of Grand Street, Carnival, uh, Carnival, where he wrote Carnival. the book, the music and the lyrics. You know, he didn't just do Plus, one or the other. He, he, New Girl in Town, New yeah. Girl in Town, and the Christmas. Television. The Mr. Magoo. Oh, he did. Yeah. He did the Mr. Magoo Christmas thing. Breakfast at po- Tiffany's. Uh, That's right. And, and let's po- not forget. And popular music, as well. I mean, it wasn't just uh, you know the producing of Broadway musicals. Indeed, yeah. it was popular t- tunes of the day. Of the day. So this is. I mean, so yes, we agree. One hundred and ten percent. He did not get the credit that he deserves, and he should get the credit that he deserves. So, how does how do you get to work on Henry Sweet Henry, of which he is writing? Well. Maybe it's the same thing today. Again, it's, you know, connections, not always who, what you have to offer, but who you know. Mm-hmm. I was with a pretty big agency at that time. And so I guess they got me the audition. And, and although The Fiddler on the Roof is a little different because of the New York director, the play I was in, um, it's pretty much that. And I, I don't know, I guess I was working for years. And again, this is having a mother as a musician with Colin Romoth, who was a musical director. And he ended up being the musical director of Prince of Grand Street. He was a musical director for a while at, on the Merv Griffin show. But um, I worked every week. And when I first went to him, again, my mother was so wise. I did not want to go back. And I cried and I said, no, Mommy, I'm not going back. You're going back. Why? What, was he scary? Or was yeah. He, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Very formidable. Yeah. And uh, so I worked, you know, so I guess I guess I was ready. And I guess I had the pathos for yeah. that role. Yeah. And well, later I met Mary Spath. That was nice. Why? To meet, to meet the one whose right. role you created. Yeah. That's cool. That's really, really cool. Um, okay, so you played uh, the great character of Marion Gilbert. Gil. Who was Marion Gilbert? How would you describe Marion Gilbert? Gil. Oh, she's everybody's best friend. <laughs> no, she has her own baggage. The divorce, when divorce wasn't popular, and a little bit of an outsider because she was at a fancy private school and, you know, divor- with a divorced single mom. Mm. But again, everybody's best friend. Um, what was it like to revisit it after so many years? That was such a fun experience. Thank mm-hmm. you, Stephen, 54 mm-hmm. Below, and all the kids, to really sit back and watch the kids bring it to life yeah. and see how good it was and Ron as Henry and just really see how good it was. That ran for four months. It was Clive Barnes' first review so, of a musical. Oh, I, I see. Well, what was the plot? The plot is based on the movie, the great movie with Peter Sellers, The World of Henry Orient, and the the two teenage girls, the outsiders at the fancy private Mm -hmm. school, uh, develop a crush on Mr. Playboy, (laughs) CAD, conductor. Classic. Right? Not really a talented conductor. Right. (laughs) Kind of a fake. And they follow him around, Uh and, you know, both girls have divorce in their background, mm-hmm. and then there's the evil Caffritz played by yeah. Alice. 
Playden. Let's talk so, a little bit. Of, yeah, oh, oh, so sorry, I was yeah. gonna I was gonna ask about oh. Alice Playden because so many of our listeners um, reach out to us and they just keep complimenting her and praising her. And so really? anytime we can get a chance to discuss her and celebrate her and celebrate her, we always try to do so. So what was it like sharing the stage with the great late? Alice Platon. Oh, well, also she had come from a stage child background. Yes. So right? she, did. she was 20 when she did um, Henry Sweet Henry, but she'd already been a gypsy. Right. And I'm sure she must have done quite a bit of television. Definitely we know her from commercials, right? right? The Alka-Seltzer commercial yeah. campaign. Um, also very, very serious, very serious. But in that ensemble was Bayork Lee, <laughs> Priscilla Lopez... Gina Page, Eileen Kristen. Of course, you know, it was Michael Bennett's yep. second job. Right. Yeah, I mean, this list here, I mean, uh, Pia Zadora. Oh, how could I forget Pia Zadora? Louise Lasser. Oh, Louise. Just saw some Mary Hartman the other night. Wow. Was in it. Uh, Robert Fitch. Right. Uh, Bob, Bob Avian. And then Bob the great Avian. Donna Michi as Henry Orion. I mean, this was a Donna group. McKechnie? Uh, Donna McKechnie. D- she may have replaced. She might have, yeah. No, no, yeah. she was She's actually, yeah. she actually was the lead dancer. In oh. The, like this hippie dance segment. Oh my gosh, how cool <laughs> is that? Dance. Of course, there's um, a hippie dance segment. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> so let's go back. Back you, to Bob Merrill. We are people watching people. We are watching people watching. Yeah, yeah. there was a segment there. I mean, genius. Just a genius <laughs> lyricist. Come on. Um, Michael Bennett. So like you said, this is Michael Bennett's I maybe mean, second, second show. Second show. After Joyful Noise. Um, mm-hmm. This is pre-chorus line, pre-dream girls. Did you know that you were in the presence of someone who was going to do such great work? Oh, yeah. You knew? Yeah. yeah. I knew what my mother told me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that helps when mom tells he you. He asked my mother to invest. I wish it had been in chorus line. It was in twigs. And she did. Oh, she invested in twigs. Yeah, he asked her. So- but I had a crush on Michael Bennett. And I knew where he lived on West End Avenue, and I would stand outside the building. But later, he was always very gracious to me when I would run into him, and he would always introduce me as his leading lady. Aww. And I was in the Millican show. I know Tony Roberts talks so, about the Millican show. Here we go. And let's, it's time. Go for it, Kevin. So, well, the Millican show was in industrial, correct? Correct. Uh, and these were, were they... Once a year, or were they more, more than no, once a year? Once a year, and, and there were many other. We should, yes, true. But the Millican was the, and, and I think our younger listeners wouldn't, will be shocked to know that industrials, a company or famous company, would invest a lot of money to create almost like a 
a musical about their product, for lack of a better way of explaining it. Perfect. You know, and, and Broadway writers would write for them. There's a whole book that you can actually buy uh, about all the in- these industrials and the musical at this age. And Broadway performers would perform them, and it was a great way to make money when you weren't performing on Broadway. Yeah, to get up early what in the morning. Like? But other yeah. than that, yes, it yeah. was great. <laughs> I well, that well, Michael put me in the, his Millican show, and his Millican show um, was paralleling The Wizard of Oz. We did The Wizard of Oz number, and I sang Dorothy. Uh-huh. And Tommy Toon, you know what he must have played, right? Dom DeLuise, I'll let you guess. And there we were I mean, on the Yellow Brick Road. What a group. These are good stars. These are, this is a good company to be with yeah. for, for an industrial. Yeah. <laughs> so. oh, we had a little kid who was you know, younger than me, a little kid. Andrea McArdle was in that gang of little, little kids. Punk. Yeah. How Crazy. cool is that? That's wild. Um, at any point when you were a child actor, did you ever think to yourself, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go have a normal life. I actually want to be there Wednesday classes in the afternoon. Not then. It was only, and this is very revealing, here we are, therapy time. Mm. After my mother died, my father died first. After my mother died, I woke up the next morning and I said, oh, my God. I don't have to do this if I don't want to. Oh, wow. Hmm. And here I am, you know, still still doing it or yeah. trying to do it. Yeah. That's we, fascinating. To some extent. Oh, yeah. No, um, definitely. We always ask this of, of all of our performers, which is when you were auditioning, did you have a favorite audition song or a go-to audition song that was which you always pulled out of the book? Yeah, that's where Colin Romoff came in. Oh, really? So I would do the song from Paint Your Wagon. I would do that one a lot. Oh, How going? can I wait? Wait, can I oh, wait yes. till tomorrow comes? Great song. Great song. It's I hard love. with a kid. You know, you can't really go out there and do a, a torch song. Right. You can't be like, I want him so bad, you know, but it can be it can be playful and fun. And yeah, it might be a little awkward. <laughs> it could be if yeah, you're like singing like the bit. sex pot song. That's, yeah, just might a, be little confusing bit. To just the, a little bit. Um, so now, after Henry Sweet Henry, um, you. In terms of chronology, is it Frank Merriwell and then the Fiddler movie? Or was it Fiddler movie, then Frank Merriwell? Somewhere in the, there is, um, close to Fiddler on the Roof, is the opening of the Edison Theater, which your Broadway oh. musical took me back to all that research on oh, Norman. Yeah. The opening of the Edison Theater, where I did the musical version of Moliere, Show Me Where the Good Times Are, Skipper Damon. Yes. John Bennett Perry, dad to Matthew Perry, if you're a Friends viewer. Wow. And I, and Sarah Lazarus was my understudy, and I had to leave for a couple of days to go do my two screen tests for Fiddler on the Roof, because I tested for Huddle and Chava, and Sarah went on for me, the great director, Sarah Mm -hmm. Louise Lazarus, yes. And by the way, back to Pia, Pia was my understudy for for Henry Sweet Henry. Oh, wow. And Pia was, of course, in Fiddler on the Roof on stage as a kid, which I could not get an audition for because they said I wasn't Jewish enough. (gasps) (laughs) That, I love that. I love those kinds of stories. Did you have an agent? Yeah. Who was your agent? William Morris. (laughs) But for Fiddler on the Roof, I must compliment Rick Nesita because he was a Wesleyan graduate, Mm. recently out of Wesleyan, my daughter and son-in-law's alma mater. Mm-hmm. And there's a Rick Nasita film gallery there. And he, as a young agent, he made sure to call in all the clients 
including the younger clients. Right. actually see and them. And that's how the Fiddler on the Roof connected to the New York production of Show Me Where the Good Times Are. Excuse me, not Show Me, How Much, How Much. Richard Altman wrote a book, Black Fiddler. He directed it in schools. He was the director of How Much, How Much, the play with Krista Bory. So that, uh, between that and Rick Nasita and, you know, putting those pieces together. Wow. Um, it's fascinating, the connections. The yeah, I mean, it, I mean, that's so funny. I mean, I think what it takes. Also, I think it's also good for, for listeners to understand, and students to understand, you know, since we've been sitting down with Neva, she's mentioned a group of individuals that we, we know intimately. It's such a tight, tight circle of folks, which is so cool. Yeah. So it's not, I think that's comforting in a way. I think that's comforting that everyone knows each other and you have these rich histories with all of these individuals. So I guess theater really is a community. I feel like I'm part of your community oh, now. And d- oh, and most definitely it's We're a honored to be part of your community. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, so you said you, you tested for Chava and... Huddle. Huddle. Yeah. Because they could tell it right from the start, John Williams involved and Norman Jewison, so musical that, you know, that I was a strong singer. Mm. So they tried. They tried to have me huddle, but I guess maybe I was a little too young, or I don't know. Maybe the chemistry wasn't right mm. with the test I did with the young man. I don't so know. So tell us about a screen test, because yeah. I don't think we've had anybody on our show this be, until this point mm-hmm. talk about the art of screen testing, or what goes on in a screen test. Or what is it? What is a screen test? Oh, well, I guess Help today us. you would do it on your laptop. I guess today, <laughs> I guess today you read about... Uh, performers who do their auditions, yeah, yeah on their the phone, iPhone, on the phone. And, and send it to the director right. that way. But in those days, it was much more elaborate and formal, just like the studio system we read about yeah. in the 40s, where they actually dress, call you up to Hollywood, call you, arrange for you to go to Hollywood, which is why I had Sarah Louise played the role. Mm-hmm. And I um, went, and they dress you up. They put little eyeglasses on me because Chava knows mm-hmm. how to read and books. And, um, you know, the clapboard. I still have the clapboard. Action! You know, and they test you for chemistry because you're usually with a male actor. Although in this case, I think for one of my tests, I read opposite the great, he's since been awarded an Oscar, Lynn Stallmaster, mm-hmm. the great casting director. There's a great documentary called Casting By um, that discusses Lynn's career. Uh, so check it out if you want to know more about the great huh. Lynn Stallmaster. Sorry yes. to interject No, that. I'm so glad you did. I'm so glad you did. A very, very nice man, um, as was Norman so Jewison. Take mm. us through... As is Norman Jewison. Take us through what it was like to screen test, come back to New York, do play the Edison Ballroom, and mm-hmm. then or on Broadway, the Edison Theater. And then when it... How did you find out? <laughs> what I think was they that called like? it Middle Theater then, the Edison. Oh, they it did. It was a category. Yeah, because it was, it was briefly on Broadway as a theater. It was and a five-month process in terms of auditioning oh. for Fiddler on the Roof. From the... might have even been like Saturdays at the office with Norma Jewison and John Williams mm. and the pianist and singing and reading the scenes there with Lynn Stallmaster, and then it was a five-month process, that I can tell you, and the two screen tests, and you know many other, I think there were like eight auditions altogether, live auditions and yeah. then the two screen tests. And then you get the phone call that you got it, and that must have been... That's when I stayed up all night. Yeah. Dad, why? Why me? Oh <laughs> why not? <laughs> you deserve it. And you filmed all over, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to no. ask you, where'd you film? Yeah. Yes, it was filmed in the former Yugoslavia, mm. and... London at the Pinewood Studio, Harry Potter fame, 
and um, they had wonderful set designer Lindsay Buckingham, and he he created the shtetl from the photographs, the archival photographs, and I guess you could say influenced also by by Jerome Robbins. I never want to shortchange him with mm-hmm. the, with credit for that. And he, you know, he came from a family that emigrated, and he went back to Eastern Europe. He was a kid, but he went back. So what an influence that must have been. Yeah. But creating that village in the former Yugoslavia. And even though it's just play, and even though it's it's pretend, what was it like walking in and seeing this village for the first time? Did you feel closer to your roots? Did you feel closer to your heritage? Even though, like I said, it's, it's pretend. What oh, was no, that effect? Absolutely, absolutely, mm. absolutely. Yeah, and I love to do research. Mm. You're a researcher. I love to do research. So those photographs, the Lewis Hine photographs, mm. and all those things influenced me. And by then I had played a fair amount of either young Jewish women or Cockneys. Mm. <laughs> like I did in some things afoot. Yeah. So I was always researching those two things. But yes, yes, I definitely, I read, I would read as a teenager, I read a lot of Holocaust stories, you know, true stories. And yeah, I felt like, as my parents said, your calling card. And I still feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, were there any challenges about, I mean, you'd never played Fiddler on stage before, correct? This correct. Was, what is the challenges of performing? You know, musicals, we're told, is supposed to be a higher energy, big energy. Musicals are usually big energy. So how do you take all the energy of a musical and condense it so it fits the lens, it fits the camera? Well, if you think about it, Fiddler on the Roof is really a musical drama yeah. because the whole latter part of it is sad. Right. And so the scene that was the most challenging for me was the scene when I come back to yeah. Papa and beg to be accepted out of the Chavala ballet. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was the, the biggest challenge dramatically, and Topol was a great help. But I, you know, I wept when we finished that scene. That, mm. was, that was tough. And I you know, had my little ways of inspiring pieces of music, like Brahms, yeah. D major, mm. and... You know, today you'd put your earphones on or whatever. Yeah. Right, or right, or yeah. you read about... I think I just read about Jennifer Lawrence had them built her a little tent so she wouldn't be exposed to the extras, I guess, in her current film, huh. Mother. And, you know, you, you learn how to create those things. Do but on a technical note, the lip-syncing, I guess that must be the same today. We had to practice, yeah. and the oh, sound editor yeah. is watching you, and we recorded it in London a few months before, and then you recreate that, and there are several... Involved, I guess it's still the yeah. same in I think movie musicals. That doesn't change. That no, has not changed how yet. How else can you do that? Um, Norman Jewison, what made him such a fabulous director? He's a wonderful director because he is a good person. He's a mensch, and he has a love for for music. If you look at his background, you'll see all mm-hmm. the musical television specials, Doris mm-hmm. Day and many others that he directed, and variety shows. Mm-hmm and a real feel for the material, maybe because he got teased his whole life, even though he wasn't Jewish with his name. And he would, when all else failed, he was an actor. He would put that babushka on, and he'd say, no, how about you try this? And he would be one of the girls, you know. Did you so, rehearse a lot before you went on location? Yeah, we rehearsed. You know, you, uh, yeah, we rehearsed. Like- I think we had two weeks of actual rehearsal. Wow. 
Well, that's nice. That's yeah. and, and Norma and Crane. Yeah, those were. Ac- I mean, Norma Crane. He had worked with in television, right. and again, an actress, an actor's actor. Yeah. And who played Yenta? Molly Pecan, of uh, course. So tell us about this. Oh, Molly and her husband Yankel is in the film too. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he okay. plays one of the villagers, and they were there in the hotel. We were at the Esplanade in Zagreb for five months. Oh, jeez! Wow, five yeah. months. Uh-huh. I learned to speak some Serbo-Croatian. Mm-hmm. I was young then, you know. I made a real effort. Um, Did you go stir crazy being in that hotel no, for five months? No, no you loved no, it. No, yeah, we loved it. And I would watch them film the scenes. Oh, really? I wasn't working. You were by yourself? Did you have any sort of family with I you? I had a guardian ah. because I was under 18. And my guardian was my older sister, Gail. Oh, well, that worked out. And she had a good time. Gail I bet she did, her. yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Well. The, the movie opens. Um, you come back to New York. Then, then where do we pick up from here? After the movie, I went back to college. It's true. Oh. I always had the feeling that I wanted to be a teacher. Maybe I should have been more focused and say, oh, you know, don't worry. But, but I always marched a little bit of that beat. Hmm. So I always knew I wanted to go to college as, and, you know, somehow fit that into, into my life. I love children. Mm-hmm. And it seems education has always been important to you. I think it's important, yeah. I think it's important. But you're passionate about it. Oh, okay. Thanks. I think, uh, I mean, I think, at least I, I think you are. I mean, uh, the actor that does so much research, you're like a sponge. You're always <laughs> wanting to learn. You're always wanting mm. to learn. That doesn't seem to go away. I love, yeah, I love to learn, and I love children and kids. That helps. It's fun. It's fun yeah. to be around. It's a nice way to yeah. to spend your time mm-hmm. and you, have it be your profession. You mentioned this uh, musical version of The Member of the Wedding. Oh, yeah, that was great. Now, what what is this? Because I'm unfamiliar mm. with this. I have to, you'll, you'll play, you'll play Peach Ice Cream. It was a beautiful, beautiful score by an actor, G. Wood. Huh. I guess he was yesteryear's Lin-Manuel without that kind of, you okay. know, another Wesleyanite, by the way. Oh. Uh, without Jeez. that great, they left, uh, he and Thomas Kelly have established a scholarship there. Listeners, hey. full scholarship. Nicely done. Thanks, but, Thomas. <laughs> and and um, it's a wonderful score. It is the musical version. And ta- Ted Mann did direct it mm. at the Circle in the Square. And I did get the role. I turned down Godspell, probably a mistake, to play the lead in the musical version of Remember yeah. the Wedding, Frankie. Um, and... Uh, the score was beautiful, and I was supposed to cut my hair. And when it came time to, and, you know, I had pretty long hair, I didn't want to cut my hair. And my parents, once again, they went to Ted Mann, and they said, we'll pay for the wig. And I did end up wearing a wig in it. Uh-huh. But it was a, I think it was a great show. It should, that one really could use a revisit. Well, what's that called again? It's called F. Jasmine Adams. F. Jasmine Adams. Okay. Musical version by G. Wood. Do you still have the music? Yeah, some of it. I definitely have a few, um, at least one song called Peach Ice Cream on my, on my uh, CD. Great. I'd have to think about. Oh, this is cool. Oh, we got to do some investigating. Erica Peterson, who later I was later a mom with, our daughters are around the same age. She was in it. She played the sister-in-law. Hmm. 
I can't tell you too much else about the cast. We have to look it up. No, no, no. That's I've never even heard of this show, so no, I'm very so excited to, to delve into yeah. this. It'd be good for some of the younger students, mm-hmm. for sure. That would be great. That would be really, really great. There's some good duets with Frankie and mm-hmm. John, the little boy. What was Frank Merriwell or <laughs> Honor Challenged? There it is. You, you played, do you remember your character's name? Uh, baseball. I'm, uh, Belinda? Belinda? Bell Snod. Ooh, oh, that's that a name. Belinda Bell Snod. That's a great nice. name. I'm so proud of that casting director. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not Dang. Belinda Schwartz. Belinda no. Snod. I love it. I love it. Did you did you find that the after you did Fiddler girl. that all anyone wanted to offer you was typecasting? Yeah. Now suddenly you were the in no. Jewish lady. Yeah, when I couldn't <laughs> you know, get it because like, I wasn't it Jewish enough. Yeah. original, but well, you know the thing about being a stage kid as opposed to being an adult um, is there's a lot less competition in New York when you're a kid. Truth. So it gets harder to get cast when you're older yeah, and see, everybody's here. Yeah, and you then you're gonna wait it out again like I've done. Well, yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say when you because. Uh, the, the young performers that I know that have worked on Broadway, where they do great. They're like 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 30, 40, 50. But then about 18, 19, you, you're an adult, and now you have to let the business see you as a different person. Did that happen for you? Did you have to introduce yourself to the business? Like, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm going to play young ladies now. I guess so. And another thing that probably didn't help was that I'm not really a dancer. And by the time I was in my prime you really had to be a triple threat. And I was always a singer who moves well, and as Michael Bennett said, don't worry, nobody's looking at your feet. (laughs) Or Susan Stroman when I did Jesus Christ Superstar, Neva, you're on the wrong foot. (laughs) (laughs) At the paper mill I did that. That's amazing. Nice. So then um, we get to a show that we really, really like, and that's Something's Afoot. Which is one that I'm I I want to see come back because I think it's so fun and so charming. Yeah. What was Something's Afoot? Something's Afoot is Agatha Christie, and mm-hmm. uh, of course there's lots of Agatha Christie, but it's Ten Little Indians, and Tessie O'Shea, as you mentioned, was the leading lady. So you'd have to cast it with someone like that. I wonder who you could. We'd have to sit here and think, um, who could do that now? Helen Mirren or yeah. maybe someone. Someone like that. Yeah. But, uh, and I played the Cockney Maid, and I went in very, very fast. Uh, I don't know what happened to the other performer, but Tony Tanner cast me, and I had to learn it in a week. And here comes my mom again, costuming me. I still have some of the costumes <laughs> that, that she put together, you know, great she British stage, velvet. Was she like a stage mom a little bit? Yeah, but in all the good ways. Okay, good. In good ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in all the good ways, in the fun, fun ways. Yeah. And yeah, I loved it. We've got a teeny little dinghy. I've got a teeny little dinghy for you to see, says the you know, the, the hand. <laughs> yes, and that's that's uh that's one of the fun parts of the show is this these double entendres. Um I don't want to give anything away for people, but who is killing people? How are people dying? Oh this yes, is so inve- all this different deaths. Mine was in the big Chinese vase, much like Little Shapahara's. Oh my gosh. Like that. The Close house was killing people. What? So people would die on like exploding stairways or get sucked into vases. Uh-huh. Like it was the it was that elements was the, of the house the character that, that was them. Okay. 
And we, the line was pretty new, the TDF line. Mm -hmm. And um, much like I read in Michael Colby's book with Charlotte Sweet, we would work that line. We, and it was Manny Eisenberg. And we put money in the show, the performers put money in the show. Gary Beach was in it. Oh, yeah. And we tried. We really did everything we possibly could to give it a, a shot. Tell us a little bit about the Golden Land, because that was, that was a healthy run. Off yeah, that Broadway. was a nice long run on Second Avenue yeah. Theater. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's now a movie theater. But, of course, Second Avenue was in the heyday of the Yiddish Theater, so important. Yeah. And it's a wonderful show. They just did it recently. They did it at the Museum of Jewish Heritage, and I went to see it. Um, Zalman invited Fred and I to the opening. Ruth, Ruth was there. Dr. Ruth was there that night. Oh. She's what a life she had, you oh, know, sure, other than sure. being a sex therapist. Yeah. Um, and they did it entirely in Yiddish. We did English Yiddish. And they did it more like an opera. And they had the titles like they do at the Metropolitan Opera. Oh, yeah. Opera. What is English Yiddish? That it would be mostly English speaking with a couple of Yiddish words uh -huh. dropped in. Yeah, yeah. And, and Bruce Adler was so funny in it. May he rest in peace. And then, the, and then this new production, everything all was Yiddish. Entirely in Yiddish. And all of those actors, except for one, had to learn it phonetically. And it wasn't that long a run. They did a great job. Mm. But it was a, another audience pleaser. And, of course, you're going back. You know, you're going back over about 30 years. So at that time, you had the older generation, you know, like my grandmother's generation. Right. So we'd always have a big section for the walkers. And now, you, of course, you have less and less people, um, worldly people speaking Yiddish. Right. The and then it was still book. nostalgia and yeah. their children and their grandchildren. We had people coming back. What do you call the people that come back six times? We had a lot of those people yeah. over and over. You know, so many young actresses will play Chava at some point in their life. What advice do you have for them when they assume the role? Well, the, the roles I've seen, the actresses I've seen, including the recent revival who've played it, have always done a great job. And, of course, usually they're much stronger dancers than I am. And uh, just... Just the seriousness, the heart, and you know what, 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 what courage it t t takes, Chava, mm -hmm. and and hope, you know, and hope that there'll be reconciliation. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but going back to the connection to Yiddish theater, I think if you look at at the Broadway composers, the you know, um, and we 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 have looked at them. PBS has that great documentary. Yes. yes, there is something, some sort of connection to the Yiddish, the music from the Yiddish theater, the music from broad created by Broadway Definitely. from the Gershwins Definitely. to Stephen Schwartz to you know Irving Julie Berlin. Stein, oh, even yeah. Bob Merrill. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, most definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. So good. The legacy will continue on in these books, and we'll be able to hear the sounds in uh, the recordings and the compositions. An honorary Lin Manuel, who and did Lin Fiddler on the Roof at his <laughs> wedding, right? If you go on YouTube. Is that true? Right. Yeah. Oh, you got to go on YouTube. I didn't know that. All right. So now you're teaching. You love teaching. Yeah, I like teaching. I like I like being around the kids. And, um, you know, but I still try to perform. I always felt, hey, I'm in the middle of New York City. I'm not quitting. No way. No, but Let's when you juggle things. Did you live here? Have you lived here steadily? Yeah, for I the still last, live yeah. here. Uh -huh. Talk to us about these cabaret shows and these CDs. Yes, so I did. But we're going back to like, 2004. Walter Willison, who I had met in Leonard Bernstein's Mass. Yes. Yeah. He um, produced the CD, Fred Barton. Oh, did yeah. a lot of the, I Love think Fred. all of the charts. Yeah, yeah wonderful. 
And I did run at the Actors Temple. Ed Gaines, a child friend of mine, of was this not number. not quite an ingenue, or is yeah, this, that's this not is, quite yeah. an ingenue. Uh-huh. And I ran that at the Actors Temple. That's around the time I made one CD, then another CD. And I also, for a while there, I was doing puppetry, and I love puppetry. And I went to the O'Neill on the Puppetry Week. What? And uh, yeah, I'm not bad. I'm not a bad puppeteer, okay. and not a bad. I could even do some ventriloquism, but um, yeah. So there was that in the show, and that kept me active for a while um, with the puppets. Mm-hmm. And I met some of the worked with some of the great puppeteers like mm-hmm. Kathy Mullen, yeah. you know, some of the leading people yeah. of the Jim Henson what, what, world. What do you like about it? Why, why puppetry? Puppetry is a great icebreaker. You know, yeah. you just put something. I still use it today. It's very it's like carnival. The mu- like, you know, you can yes. communicate yes. through a puppet that you sometimes can't do face-to-face. I'm sorry, continue, please. No, that's, you've, yeah. s- you've said it. Yeah, and, and children respond to that as well, I children, feel like. Children, adults, people, adults. Yeah. yeah, of course. For a while, I was doing lots of concerts in nursing homes, mm. all of which I'd like to go back to. Sure. When I have more time. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yes, I work in a high school. Uh-huh. I work with new English language learners, and that is the connection to... The immigrants that we all come right, from, right. That, that seemed to me to be where I wanted to be. Mm. And I do bring the kids to the theater a lot. Mm. There are some Good. wonderful programs. The Theater Development Fund has a wonderful program. We're going to Wicked on November 8th. Oh, they're going to love that. And huh? November 15th, uh, we're going to Miss Saigon because it's a very test-heavy curriculum in the schools now and the kids have to pass those high stakes tests so we got offered a couple musicals it's a new initiative the broadway league has done it came out of a think tank with the broadway theater league and tdf the entire 10th grade of new york city we're in the pilot program we'll be going to see a broadway show that's great. Wow. So they gave us several titles, and we That's decided great. to go with Miss Saigon because of the high-stakes global history There's test. There's a lot the you kids can teach them about. Take. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, wow. they really love it. They really, And then the kids I work with don't have the opportunity no. to go. The kids I work with come from homes with single parents, and, yeah. and you know, they're not, they don't have disposable income to go right. to and the they, theater. I probably have never been to a Broadway show, at least let alone oh, yeah, one that costs $100 time. or And they write least. about it because it has to be, you know, there has to right. be a writing piece, and the Theater Development Fund has a PXP site, and they have to write their connection to the experience. And also there's a wonderful program um, that's called Early Stages, and we get tickets for the kids at $7. So some of the producers are very generous, but they only tell us like 48 hours ahead. So it's fun. Those when it works, yeah, and that's and a we're whole bringing ge- Julius Caesar in. Oh, in December, the NYU Stella Adler. Amazing, yeah, fantastic. We're do an hour production. What did you start? No, to I was say? just going to say that's. A, I just love that it's a whole generation of young people that may not have always gone to the theater that have had the experience of going to the theater and may and may have changed their lives in some way. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. Don't forget High Five. Yeah. All teenagers can belong to HighFive.org, HighFiveTix.org, and for five dollars they can get two tickets to. The museum, a show, a concert, all kinds of things. And they also run a couple of programs where uh, kids can learn to be theater critics, film critics, playwrights. I had no idea. Highfive.org? High five. I think it's high. Yeah. High five. We'll post that. Yeah, post post that. that. I mean, that's really beautiful. I had no idea. That's so important. In the meantime... Thank you so much for continually, continuously, I should say, bringing your students to the arts because, <laughs> my God, they need it. But thank you for sharing your gifts 
with oh, us. Oh, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Consistently and steadily. Where can we buy your CD? Oh, I think you go to my website, nevasmall.com. N-E-V-A-S-M-A-L-L. Yes. Dot com uh-huh. with with a Hirschfeld is That's that a Hirschfeld? Right. I, I a Hirschfeld. love that. I do have a Hirschfeld. That is from the Golden Land, and it also comes from a personal connection. Oh. My husband kind of surprised me with that Hirschfeld. He really did. It was around that time. That's beautiful. Yeah, he went to he went to visit. Yeah, I went also to visit Al Hirschfeld's yeah. house, which Michael Colby talks about in the book. Yeah. His book. Oh, that's, that's very exciting. That's so special that's you have that, that yeah, sort of really token. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much for everything. Oh, it's that my you've pleasure. And so I have to applaud both of you, what you're doing oh. to make it all so accessible mm-hmm. and important and real. And the work at 54 Below and oh. the podcast, it's thank great. You. And, well, thank you. And fishing me out from, you know. Oh, oh we love please. it. It's such world. a love. We love it so much. We love hearing what you have to say and celebrating you. So yes. We're thankful. And uh, anything I do, Neva always has a place in it. So Neva, <laughs> well, she's going to get sick of that after a no, while. No, 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 no. We're in this together. I'm yes. so happy to be a part of the community. I'm available for grandmas, aunts, yentas, <laughs> cockney maids. Yes, yeah. cockney. And I w- tell me the next time you're doing one of these Fiddler on the Roof discussions. I want to be there. I know. It sounds amazing. Tucson, February. All right. All right, Kevin. Tucson, Jay. Road trip. All right. Till next time. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Good day, Mr. Thomas. Good day, Mr. Schneider. Well, it has happened. We finally hit over 100 iTunes reviews, and we'd like to thank each and every person who took the time to do so. Huzzah! Now, <laughs> we want to climb those charts even faster, and that is where you lovely folks who have not yet rated us come in. The process is very simple. On your podcast app, tap the search tab, enter our name behind the curtain, Broadway's Living Legends, tap the search key, Tap our beautiful logo, tap the reviews, tap write a review, then tap your way into our hearts. <laughs> tap your troubles away. away. That's nice, Rob. Once you are there, you can rate us from one star to five stars. Think of one star as Hervé V. <laughs> Rob, how do you say this name? Hervé Villechel. I walked right into that one. Think of one star as Hervé Villages and Ima Sumac in Sideshow and five stars as front row seats to the opening night of Gypsy. But he gives me. Yeah, he gives me for the first time. I thought that was pretty good. We want to get good reviews, Rob. We want to get good reviews. Excuse me, Arthur Lawrence. Excuse me for trying to liven up our commercial ads a little bit. Eight minute long commercial. I l- it's an infomercial at you this could- point. <laughs> I'm going to be like that lady that sells you the copper pots. Look at this. You can put 400 pounds of manure in it, and it <laughs> slides right out. Then you can make an omelet. You got another line, Kevin. Got a, got I'm a- waiting for you to say, plus you can leave your comment. Let oh, us know if you're liking what guests are like. Plus next. you can leave a comment to let us know what you are liking, <laughs> what you're not liking at this point, mm-hmm. or what guests you'd like to hear next. So head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think of our little show. Speaking of little, I'll tell you a story about Charles Lawton later. Thanks, guys. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. <laughs> 